The best way to predict your future is to create it. That is a quote by Abraham Lincoln. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 56. The topic of this week's episode is being mindful in your life. Before we get to this week's guest, I would like to tell you that the Kindle version of my book is available now for pre-order on Amazon, and it will be released on December 1st. The paperback edition will launch on January 7th. So pick up your copy of From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve. The Kindle edition is now available for pre-order. My guest this week is Pamela Miles. Pamela uses a unique approach to mastery over self-doubt and sabotage infusing daily mindfulness, self-care as a way to access wisdom within. This leads to greater self-love, healthier relationships, and a more passionate, powerful, fulfilling life. Hello, Pamela. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hello, Trina. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I am glad to have you here. I was looking at your website and be, like we were talking before we went on the air, but I love your title. Your website is called Wisdom of Within and you're into the body, mind, spirit, relationships, nourishing that, all of that, which speaks to me um, just because I had to rebuild myself, so to speak, from the inside out um, a few years ago after just encountering a whole, whole lot of different problems and issues in my life. Give me a, a brief background on yourself, how you came to be the Pamela that you are today, and how you've overcome adversities and things like that. Thank you for asking. You know, I love sharing this with people because I think this is sometimes the missing piece. You know, they may see you now in your form that you are right now and imagine that, you know, you've always been like this, you know, but actually what's beautiful is to discover the path that got someone to where they are. And for me, it began, well, definitely began when I was about 15, 16 years old, and I was told I could graduate high school early. And I was kind of like left at a loss. Nobody told me, you know, that like, well, you should plan your life going forward now, because you get out of high school and you don't have any plans, you're basically going to be at the will of circumstances. Well, nobody kind of told me that. So I had to figure it out for myself. And I know from what I've uh, read and, and listened to your show, Trina, for you as well, you know, when, when you're faced with a challenge and you're kind of on your own to make your decisions, you just do the best you can, you know, and at that time, um, I graduated, so I graduated high school and, and I was so lucky because I actually was in a very spiritual community in, in New Haven, Connecticut, in a, in a good sized community where I could, you know, get a job and kind of start my life. But really I, I didn't know what it, the importance of planning and looking ahead and making decisions like an adult when I was so young, you know, mm -hmm. then amazingly really, truly amazingly, I was gifted with uh, an amazing experience of becoming pregnant mm -hmm. at 18. And I say that because it really was truly, I had a premonition. I had um, an experience of feeling like it was definitely a gift, a download. And, um, 
that was really what snapped me up into adulthood. <laughs> so that's what, that's kind of where I started. And here I am 41 years later and it's, you know, been a long road and now I'm a grandmother, but I'll tell you, that was really what kind of snapped me up into reality of like, take responsibility for your life and get it together because now you're going to have to take care of this other human being. And in some ways, I have to say, Trina, I was so lucky because my parents were so supportive. My boyfriend was very supportive. I mean, it was just really actually a beautiful time. And, um, and my son is 41 years old and he's about to become a parent in October. Wow. Wow. So, you know, and I, I totally agree with parenthood will make you become an adult. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have two teenagers now. I didn't have my first until I was 35, but it, it still changed me. Now, with you being how as young as you were when you graduated from high school and you kind of was thrust into the real world, what were you doing up to the point where you became pregnant to try to get yourself into quote unquote adulthood because I know how that is because I've I've been taking care of myself ever since about 15 and 16 too so mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that how how did you go about that well as i say i was extremely fortunate at a very supportive family and actually i began meditating at 16 years old i was involved in a spiritual community where I, I meditated. I actually did yoga. Now we're talking 1973, 74, 75. So, you know, this was like, this has been my lifelong. And the other thing that was amazing was I was surrounded by amazing women. So that was part of the reason why it was, it was kind of like very, um, easy for me to accept that I was pregnant and then I would be carrying this baby to term and then I would do everything I could to eat well and take good care of myself during the pregnancy to have a healthy baby Um, because I was in a community where there were other uh, women having babies. And that's actually how I began my first career was I got asked to come with a woman to her birth. It was her third child being born and she just wasn't sure if her husband was going to be in town and available to be there to support her in the birth. And she knew what she was you know, to expect, but she wanted a female companion. And I was so, I'd had my baby, my first child, and I was so honored to be invited. And I Seriously, I tell you, all I did, because she was amazing, all I did, Trina, was just tell her how beautiful she was. I got her water. I helped her move around. I just, like, made her comfortable. And I just, like, really watched in awe and reflected back to her, her power and her essence. And that's also where this kind of belief in the power of the inner wisdom of people um, has come from, because I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in other, other people. Um, I do mostly work with women. And I think that in a lot of ways in our society, you know, that's, that's still needed. And I think even more so maybe than it was in the seventies back then, but really just to have women surrounding each other and supporting each other and telling them, you know, you don't have to look to the outside world for your recognition and your sense of self and your centeredness is actually inside of you. Mm, I love that so much. And it seems like growing up, you had a great support system around you. Um, Just of the different women you were talking about, you came to know. And then now I see why you call yourself the life midwife. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, it's so it's so fitting. And it's funny, because just talking to you, I have a sense of calmness, I, I can see you being a midwife and really being in that space with someone and keeping them calm and and supporting them and doing all the things that a, a midwife would do. And I, I, I can get that from you. Well, that is such a huge compliment. Thank you so much. And I've been so happy 
happy to find out that there are so many different ways that we can do that for one another. So yes, you know, being at your birth, the birth experience is an amazing honor to be there and witness um, babies being born and women coming into their own power through their bodies and feeling, you know, really feeling in touch with themselves uh, as they birth. It's, it's so amazing. But there are also other life transitions and other experiences where women you know, where I help women come into that power for themselves, whether it's in their relationship or it's in their career or it's taking charge of their health. There's so many different ways we can do that. And that's what I've been, you know, discovering since then, because, you know, we're not always, I'm not personally always available to be, you know, at a birth experience, but I am able to show and, and mirror back for women, their own power in, in, everyday life. We, we have many births within this one lifetime, whether we have children or not. Wow. So can you go into some of the other ways that you help women? Because I'm, I'm very interested um, with how you, how you do your, your work. Oh yeah. It's so fascinating because, so I went from being, you know, a midwife, a spiritual midwife. I w- was there with other midwives or doctors, home or hospital. And one of the things that I just kept seeing over and over again was there was such an emphasis on like the, you know, like the 24 hours, the 32 hours, the 72 hours, whatever length of the, the labor itself. But many women forgot that like, you're going to be a parent after that, you know, and like you, you've got to remain in your power, especially, you know, during the postpartum and like the first, you know, well, forever, let's just say, but you know, then you get into teenage years. I mean, you have got to have that sense of self and power. So over the years, it evolved to the point where now I feel so lucky, but because I've developed mindfulness practices that are so simple to do and they're daily practices. So I have people come into my office and also via Skype and all that, you know, internet, internet platforms. And I teach them, we, we talk about ways that they're currently taking care of themselves. And I teach them mindfulness practices that they can, they can infuse into their daily time, whether it's while they're washing their face, or it's preparing for bed, and the importance of taking good care of their bodies. And those are those moments that you can kind of steal away into your own privateness of yourself and your, you know, communion with your body. And you can actually get in touch with the inner wisdom inside of you through some of the techniques that I use, like mirror talk. Have you ever heard of that, Trina? I have. My my coach, Lisa Nichols, um, introduced me to mirror work. Yes. Yes. So you know what I'm talking about. So I actually teach women while they're using really good, and I always really emphasize how important it is to use healthy products that are free from harmful chemicals, not tested on animals, you know, like all that, you know, good stuff, you know, not, not harmful to the environment, all that. And um, so I teach them how to use their mirror time, their, their time, whether it's three minutes while they're washing their face, or it's, you know, 10 minutes while they're doing a face mask, or it's, you know, their bath time when they just close the door, put on the music, light a candle and take a bath for 20 minutes, you know? So those are some of the tools and techniques that I use. Um, I love sharing things like loving kindness meditations, um, things like that, that just really help to center and um, relax people into their own selves where we have such a, you know, there's such a beauty and a gift that we've been given in our breath. So even returning to your simple experience of breathing can be so profound. Mm. I have so many questions going through my mind. I'm trying to <laughs> get them situated. <laughs> how, how, how do your clients find you? Because, um, so for me, for instance, like I said, a few years back when I was going through a very dark period, I would have loved to have known you during that time. Um, how, how would I seek you out if I needed help? Well, I, I hope that most of my clients come from personal referral because I have, do have such a unique 
methodology and it is so custom my work that I do with each person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's helpful to have a personal referral or, or even like this Trina, you know, getting a chance to hear me speak and to feel the essence of where I'm coming from. Um, you know, this is really a beautiful introduction and I really appreciate that, that, you know, people can hear this podcast and then they can go to my website, the wisdom of and they can reach out and, you know, let's have a 30 minute phone call and discover, mm. you know, what ways I can help you in, you know, in getting in touch with yourself, um, you know, to help you to feel comfortable to go ask for that raise or to ask for what you want in your relationship or to negotiate your experience being a parent. And how do you, you know, how do you find that essence in yourself? It could be through some of the other techniques I use are things like, um, guided meditations. I love introducing people to um, their future self. Have you ever heard of that before? I've heard of it, but not too familiar. So if you want to go into some detail, please do. Yeah. So in fact, I did this for um, the Boys and Girls Club and my local Boys and Girls Club. I love working with youth and introducing them because as I said, I was really fortunate to learn at a very young age, the importance of meditation and, you know, doing practices such as yoga that, you know, center yourself. So, um, at the boys and girls club, I actually had the, the honor of being able to go and in very concentrated group of only like 10 gals, they were like, you know, teenage age. And we, I just did a guided meditation with them. And I, um, it starts by basically just, you know, doing some simple breathing techniques and kind of calming us down, feet on the floor, um, feeling our, our bodies in the chair and feeling that our chest open and, and closed eyes. And then I just led them through this journey of uh, going down a path and leading to a brook And then, you know, looking at the reflection in the brook and seeing yourself, not as you are right now, but, you know, who's the reflection that you're looking at? Is she one year older? Is she 20 years older? Is she 40 years older? And what does she look like? And, you know, what is she telling you? And of course, this is done over, you know, the period of 10, 15 minutes. And it really gives the person a chance to really investigate and and listen to this inner guidance from your future self. And then we do things like ask, like, well, what would she say to you? What what would she tell you about what you're going through right now? And, you know, what would she um, alert you to? Or what would she tell you to pay attention to? Or how will she reassure you so that you can feel that, you know, when you open your eyes, you can take her with you? And so by just introducing, especially young people to their future self, it helps give them perspective because, you know, sometimes, especially we're in in the midst of a challenging time or we're a young person and we really, like I was telling you, like, I really had no idea that like there was going to be a future and I'd better rise up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have perspective like that. Well, when you're given that, it just, it kind of, in a way, it calms you down to kind of recognize that yes, this life, this day, it's very precious and it's very fleeting. So live you know, this this day as if it's your last, but in another way, sort of at the same time, you know, in harmony with that kind of um, awareness of the preciousness of this life is also this gift, if you can imagine, consoling yourself with your future self coming to you and kind of, you know, kind of calming you down about those concerns that you might have and, and helping you to understand that, you know, there's, there is a path, there is a continuum and that this thing inside of you is what carries you through. Um, and you can become friends with it at any age and it will give you this sense of power and um, connection. And for some people, they actually literally see like, their skin and their hair and like they see this person maybe it's someone that looks familiar to them maybe you know someone from their lineage in their life you know their grandmother or you know an aunt or something and and it's so cool because they like can draw pictures of this future self or like for myself I found a postcard when I was traveling and I carry that postcard with me everywhere I go and that image on my phone and it's just I talk to her and you can you can find this I don't know, like this, just like friendship in your own self by connecting with your own future self. It's very powerful. Wow. Yeah. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking I need to, I need to do that the next time I'm 
sitting in the bath and just Mm -hmm. focus on that. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask you is how do you get a person to be still and to get to that point where they're actually being mindful and, and looking within themselves because we have so much chatter in our life. Um, and I know like personally, like, like me, I'm better at it. And when I find it, I'm operating on overdrive where I'm kind of, I call myself ADD because I'm kind of like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, no, I need to do that. You know, before I finish one thought, I'm on another. How do you get a person to let that go to actually become one with themselves and become mindful? That's a great question. And I'm so glad that you bring that up, Trina, you know, because it's really more about resilience. So in other words, it's a returning to, and it's a constant returning to. It is not as if um, there's a place you get to in this calmness and you stay there because in the next moment, you know, the door could open, the kid can run in the house, um, you know, the dog could be barking, um, a phone call can happen and you get distracted and you get, you know, pulled back into being in this hecticness of circumstances. So many people misunderstand meditation or mindfulness and they think it's like you walk around like, you know, in this ohm, you know, (laughs) state of mind, right? And as if that's what you're searching for and seeking. And, you know, maybe that's for the people that are living on the mountaintop and they're monks and they've renounced the world. (laughs) But um, and it, it, actually, they say that isn't even true for them, too. Our minds are constantly, you know, like chattering. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's just a matter of like recognizing the ebb and the flow and like going like, I hear you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're there. And like, let me get back to this place of calmness. And it is a matter of, of just really, you know, a little bit at a time or maybe some days a little bit easier than others of returning back to yourself. And so that's why, you know, I try and introduce people to so many different methods, you know, whether it's guided meditation or music or dance or um, the mirror talk, you know, just really, you know, or reading a really inspiring book or listening to great podcasts like yourself, you know, I mean, it's just really like, let's just share the resources that, that we have. And let's just encourage each other with, with each connection that we make that, you know, it is about the resilience to coming back to self. Mm. Yes, I, I agree. And as I stated before, I'm better at it where I try to take in my surroundings. I'm trying to be mindful. So example, when I go walk my dog, instead of me just kind of on the fast walk, walking the dog and sweating and going, okay, let me do however many miles and get back. I tried to take in the, the scenery, the sky, the birds chirping. I I try to clear my mind and just not let any thoughts go. I'm not planning my day. I'm not thinking about what I need to cook for dinner. I'm just really appreciating being out walking, breathing the air and and looking at the sky. So would that be along the lines of what you're saying as far as the mindfulness? Oh, absolutely. That's a wonderful way to do it. Um, When I was giving a presentation at a local library, I, I introduced people to the idea that you can use your five senses. And at any point, like you're saying, you're taking a walk. So, you know, maybe, um, you know, looking for something to be aware of and to see beauty, listening for, you know, the birds or the sounds of the children playing in the playground, um, you know, and tasting, like it may sound funny, but like actually like right now, just tasting what you taste in your mouth. You know, I just had an apple a little while ago and like, you know, just really like going, "Mm, I can still taste it in my mouth. And then, you know, the feeling of the air and the sun on your skin, you know, like, so just like going through all of your five senses at any point throughout the day. And some people literally will put a timer on their, um, you know, on their phone and it'll be like, you know, 
do your five senses, you know, and like, especially before going into a very important conversation or before making a big decision, like bringing yourself back into your body, into the present moment, that is so powerful because it's there that you find your human beingness. And, um, you know, you can, whatever method works for you, for some people, it, it really is. Um, you know, in taking a dance break when they've been sitting too long and you've been still too long and you get into that music and you hear it and it just makes your body move and it makes you feel like you're a human being and not just a doer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what you mean about doer because it's funny and I, and I think a lot of people are like this and they don't even recognize, but before I got to the state of knowing what my mindfulness was, I don't I don't think I ever paid attention to just life. So again, with my walking, one day it dawned on me. I said, you know, how long have I been doing this walk? And I never noticed this or I, I never looked up in the sky and saw that it was so beautiful or heard the, the birds chirping. And I was kind of amazed at myself because I was going, I have been going through life on autopilot actually, because I've just, I, I think I just tuned out everything. You know, it's true. And that is why I love working with young people. And I do so much of my work, um, you know, gratis, really, mm -hmm. for those young people in, in those boys and girls clubs or in, you know, community organizations, because I feel like that is, a gift we can give back. And we, you know, those of us that have learned, like you have Trina, you know, the um, value of doing that and, and you see how much a difference it makes in your life. And so, you know, to just spend, you know, 30 minutes in a community setting with young people and share with them, it can really turn someone's life around and, and make an incredible impact. And that is so, so valuable. And since you mentioned youth, what are you finding with them when you work with them? Because the state of the world that we're in today and as many of the school shootings and things like this that we have or, or the bullying or, you know, uh, school children committing suicide. What are you what are you finding when you work with them? Are they being more open to maybe some of the stressors that they're having among their peer groups? Because you know, social media is just terrible for the kids nowadays. Um, yeah. Do you find anything, any trends or anything with them when you're working and doing this with them? Absolutely. Um, my husband's a psychologist, so he um, has been seeing younger and younger, um, like, you know, as early as seven and eight years old clients that um, have really, really suffering with anxiety and depression. I mean, to be diagnosed with de depression, you know, at 10 years old, you know, that's a really serious diagnosis. Now, as a coach, I'm more working on, um, you know, I'm not working in the diagnosis area. Um, and I'm more working with the youth in, a, in group settings. Mm -hmm. But um, I do hear from my husband and I, I read the um, American Psychological Association journals and things like that. And it is really, really frightening to me. Um, so when I'm working with youth, I'm generally working with them in a group setting, but I do work with a lot of parents mm. that have youth. And actually sometimes what will happen is their youth will be seeing my husband and I will be working with them as a coach, the adult, mm -hmm. because when your child is suffering from anxiety or depression, it can really impact family members as well. So um, one of the things that I have found to be extremely helpful is to work with the adults in that family and really encourage them to understand that the way they're modeling their themselves is really having, um, you know, impact on their children. So encouraging them to also, you know, put the phone down in the evening, um, do model the proper rest and restorative practices that are so important. You know, when they were little, you know, it, it was kind of known that like, of course, you're going to give them a bath, read them a book, and put them to bed. Well, be, when they become teenagers, they may not want that same you know system, but they still need that type of unwinding and you know sort of 
calming down before they go to bed as well. So you need to model that for them. And that will make a huge impact on their day is bookending their morning and their evening with really calming um, practices. And even, you know, as much as possible, trying to have those meals together. You know, maybe you can't have your lunch together, but, you know, really saying like, even if it's just going to be a, a, you know, a granola bar and a cup of coffee in the morning or whatever, but like allow yourself those five, 10 minutes together and sitting together and being together before you leave the house. And at the end of the night, you know, taking that time to be together and say good night and give each other a hug and really, you know, as many times as you can in as many ways as you can during your week, like find those moments to be there for each other, you know, and it is your responsibility as a parent and as an adult to model that behavior. I find that that is very important because I do that with my two as well. And like I said, they're teenagers. So I'm at the point now where, you know, I'm not cool anymore. They don't, you know, I ask them questions and it's, yeah, no, uh huh, no. But I make them, we all sit down and eat dinner together. And, and I have been doing this since day one. And I don't care if we're eating pizza or steak. We all sit down and we eat dinner together. And I put down the phone. And then, especially since school has been out, I've had to tell them, go up and say, hey, you know, it's time to turn off the video game and go to bed. Or it's time to get off FaceTime. But I do think that those things are important to do because that's that's a foundation that's a base and like you said how you model yourself to your children that's what they're going to remember and I didn't have that growing up in my life so it's very important for me to have that with my children I totally agree and I think sometimes we forget that what we're modeling is how to behave as an adult that we're you know it may seem like you know foreign they may not be they may it may seem like they're rejecting it, but I'll tell you from the other side, now that my children have had children, that now I, you know, I see them doing the kinds of things that I did with them. And I get a chance to hear from them, like, you know, maybe not so clearly like, thanks, mom, you know, (laughs) it still doesn't come so, so much so easily. But I see them doing the, the bath book in bed, you know, with their kids. And I see them, you know, especially it's interesting, my son's not so much, but my daughter-in-law is reaching out to me and saying, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? You know, like they, they love and adore my sons Mm -hmm. and they know that they came through me and my raising them. Um, And so then they want to know for their kids, like, what did you do in this situation? Or how did you handle that? You know, so that's been really rewarding. And I think that that was something that I was just really I don't know, I guess really fortunate to have been introduced to was, you know, when I was raising my children, I I looked at them as children. I certainly, you know, was age appropriate, but I did also know that what I was doing and by prioritizing my own personal self-care, it was actually giving them permission to know that when they became in a role of responsibility for their lives and for their, if they wanted to have children, that they would also be given you know, permission to take time for themselves. And even as a young person that like, I understood that, that like, there's a time to close the door and you are allowed to have your privacy and allowed to have your own personal time and, um, you know, use it well and be healthy and take good care of yourself. And, um, yeah, so it's been such a pleasure to talk to you, Trina. Oh, I mean, I'm enjoying this too. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, and I love, positivity as we spoke before it's just so much clutter and chatter and negativity going on that I refuse to be part of that I want to use my voice for uplifting so that's my goal here with the podcast so I'm glad to have like-minded people such as yourself on and and sharing such the the amazing things that you're doing in your life and to impact others lives so I thank you for, you know, taking time to speak with me. It's such a pleasure. And, you know, I think that what I've understood is that I could kind of crowd out that negativity by just focusing on the good things and the gratitude that I have for life. And it's not like I'm ignoring, you know, the tough times or anything like that. It's just that, like, I could fill my life up with more and more and surround myself like you do, 
you know, with good people and good thoughts. And then it has an impact. And, you know, there's a lot of people that like think that, you know, it, ha- it has to be, you know, all or nothing or something. And it's like, I know there's this book, you know, 10% happier, right? Like, even if we just took, you know, a couple little suggestions from listening to a podcast and implemented one new thing today, um, you know, those kinds of things can really make an impact. In fact, I was listening this weekend to a speaker and he was saying, and he, he wrote the book, The Happiness Advantage. And he was saying the simple act of like, you know, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it. Like for me, it was like um, when I am washing my face in the morning and really digging deep and thinking of three things I'm grateful for. And he said that the studies, the scientific studies that have been done, and, and he's a Harvard professor, he's, you know, really done some major, major, big, big studies. That act alone can make an impact on your day. And he said, not the, you know, not to just go through the list like, oh, you know, I'm so grateful for, you know, waking up this morning and I'm grateful for my running water, but like, think about it. Like where did the water originate and how did it get to your house and how many people had to do their job to get that water to your house? And then you're washing your face with it, you know, Mm -hmm. like to that level, like really journey back through anything that you may be touch your food that's on your plate that evening for dinner. Like just, you know, when you're thinking about your gratitude, like really go back and think about all the people that it took to get there. And he said, when you do that, you actually, there's a, um, a physical sensation that happens in your brain and it actually has an impact on the rest of your day to be that deep into gratitude. And so it's those kinds of things, uh, Trina, that I find, are so, so helpful and that I love to share with people. Simple things don't cost any money. doesn't matter where you're from or, you know, really seriously where you're from. I was just in Guatemala with these amazing women and they were sharing with me their gratitudes. And I'm telling you, they are, these are women that don't have running water, don't have electricity in their house. And they were an example and modeling for me gratitude. They were just so beautiful. So, you know, I I just want to say that like, really anyone that this podcast is reaching really has the ability to come up with three things right now that they can be grateful for and it will change your day. Wow. Yep. I'm going to write that down because I'm going to start doing that myself because sometimes we get into the hustle and bustle of the day and I don't think we actually seriously think about it. And it, it, it does. It takes me a minute to get still. And then I'll finally say, wow, I'm, I'm actually thankful for, you know, being alive today. I'm thankful to see my kids grow up and them being healthy. So yes, like you said, you have to actually think about it, not just get up and, you know, the same, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. But really, again, look within yourself and see what you're grateful for. Exactly. Okay, Pamela, we're going to go into the question segment. Are you ready? Bring it on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who or what motivates you? Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Each day it seems like it's somebody new or something I've just discovered. I think, you know, actually today I will have to say it's my husband. He keeps popping in my office and like bringing me chocolate and little nuts and little like surprises. And like, to me, he motivates me because he has appointments back to back to back, but he's taking his 15 minutes in between and getting up and walking around and, you know, just like giving love and sharing like just sweet little touches. And I'm just going to say today, it's my husband motivates me. Okay. What demotivates you? What demotivates me? I would have to say that it is my own limited thinking. Mm. Mm, okay. When, yeah. It's like when I forget that even this breath is a miracle, when I start taking things for granted and I just start, um, you know, sort of like forgetting the miracle of this precious life that demotivates me. I get into, you know, like the rigidity and the expectations and the rushing. And yeah, that, that just demotivates me. I find myself not having fun. Okay. 
When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? I would say so many times that, in other words, like, you know, I remember when I was a young girl and I would be called a name and it would be like, that's a nasty thing to say to a young girl. And then later on, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to be like so much better than that. And I'm going to prove you wrong. So I think that like, there's so many, I don't know. I guess I just feel like that is such an opportunity whenever someone is harming you or putting you down or bullying or any of those things. I think it's just like, there's this switch that you can do is like, Oh, okay. Thank you for making me alerted to the fact that, you know, I need to get out of this situation. In fact, as a matter of fact, there's, when I was teaching childbirth classes, I used to say to people that the word pain, if you break that down, it's pay attention in now. Mm. So if someone is hurting you or if someone is, trying to harm you and you're feeling pain, that is your beautiful gift of being able to say, I want to pay attention to this and get out of this. And so that's how I would flip it around. It's like, it's all, I think it's, it's a gift because it'll make you move Mm. if you use it that way. I'm going to actually take that one and (laughs) use that for myself. I like that. Um, What is your fear? Oh, I would say, you know, there's that Marianne Williamson quote, and I know she says she didn't originate it, but it's, you know, like our fear is actually like of being too much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the like most curious and unusual and like kind of quirkiest thing about us as human beings. But I think my fear is almost in a way shining too brightly. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm paying attention to that. And I'm trying to get over that, Trina. Hmm. Okay. Is there a time when you wished you had done something that you didn't? Um, yeah, I, I guess you'd say that. And then, then I like, I'm thinking about this time when I had to leave my second husband because he was abusive. And I thought to myself, oh, I wish I had never gotten in this marriage and put my children through this and, you know, had them witness this. And then I just left, got a restraining order, left, completely left the, the, the state. I mean, left, mm-hmm. <laughs> never, never have wanted to never have to speak to him again. And I did that and I have not spoken to him. And, you know, so I guess you could say like, I wished that and then I just did it. Mm. And yeah, but you know, in a way you, I find that like, since then I've now come to understand that that was really, like I said, kind of a gift because it made me realize, oh my gosh, I can do that. Like, you know, recognizing the pain I was in and how it was not a good environment for my children. And so I, I don't, I mean, you know, you don't wish pain on yourself or on other people, but in a way, if you can learn from it, well, there you go, you know? So I don't know if I would say I wouldn't want to have wanted that. That's an interesting question. Okay. Well, here's the reverse. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? No. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, I, okay, I'll give an example. When I was, three years old, my mother tells me, and this is like the first memory I have of her, you know, her kind of saying to me, you've always been like this. We were in the car and got a flat tire or something happened with the car and we had to pull over and she goes, well, we got a flat tire, got to call the, you know, triple A, get somebody to come out. And I was like, well, guess we have to walk. (laughs) I've just always been a person who, even though, you know, it's a, ugh, you know, what a pain. I got to, change the tire or whatever. Like I always looked at it and went, Oh, well, there's just going to be another way to do it. You know, there's just going to be a way to get around it and deal with it. And I think that like, you know, so when you look at life, like, I just feel like I was born that way. It's just the way it came into life. 
And when you look at life like that and you share that with people, you you have an opportunity to, to lighten their load about the circumstances and about the situations and, you know, maybe help them with their perspective on things and help get out of things quicker. Mm. Okay. What is your definition of success? Oh, this is such a good one. <laughs> you know, I was recently in participating in a money mindfulness um, workshop. And one of the things that she was saying was, you know, make a date with your money, you know, like have a monthly date where you, where you look at your um, bank statements and your credit card statements and you calculate your debt and you calculate your savings, like really make it fun and like wear a pretty dress and put some nice music on and like, you know, like a date, like you would with, you know, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and like sit down and like really get into it and have a relationship with your money. And I thought, Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Let me do that. And then she said, um, you know, she involved the, you know, idea of like for your, um, to do it, to kind of look at, you know, how well you're doing in your career. And I was doing that. And I said, Oh, I need to add another column because it's not just the money I'm earning or the debt I'm paying off or the expenses I'm able to, you know, expense to my business, but actually that I need to put a new column that has how many people's lives did I touch today? How many people told me that they had never heard of a particular technique or tool that I shared with them and that it changed their lives? I need to make another column that says how many people told me they're going to do this new practice and they're going to share it with their children. And that that would be, uh, you know, a way of measuring my um, abundance and my success in a way with what I'm doing with my life. So yes, it may be, um, you know, for some people, they would only associate it with like money earned and that means they're successful. But for me, I was like, hmm, I need these other columns that add, um, you know, the value of being uh, in my, in my profession and in my life. And, you know, what, like that, that would be success and value. So I know that's an unusual way to answer your question, but I just it just came to mind to share with you to kind of introduce people to the idea that, you know, money is one form of currency. And I know a lot of people would, um, you know, that would be their only measurement of their success. And I just want to introduce the idea that maybe there are other values and other ways and exchanges that you could feel successful. Mm -hmm. I'll say I touched five people's lives today and it made a difference. Oh, no. And yeah, I agree. I agree. How do you recharge? I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's like one of the most um, wonderful. Uh, I love getting ready for bed. I, in fact, tonight I'm doing a, a Facebook Live um, sharing with people the process, the path to getting ready to go to bed and how I just I really do. It's like, I just love that 20 to 30 minutes, you know, put down the phone, put down the computer, go into the bathroom and all the things I do. And then sitting in the bed and reading the book and just snuggling with my husband and like, like just that whole, you know, journey. And it is a, re a restoration, a recharge. And, and even to the point where like, I, I, you know, I speak to myself about, I want to remember my dreams and I want to, you know, I want my brain to just have a rest. I mean, like really, it's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful, um, practice. And so that's what I do. I, I love going to sleep. <laughs> what are you awesome at? Mm, I'm awesome at learning from love. I am awesome at being a vessel of information, like a clear channel to share resources and share love and inspiration. I'm awesome at being a friend. Mm -hmm. What legacy do you want to leave? Oh, I feel, especially since I've become a grandmother to my first grandchild was a, a girl, is a girl. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the legacy I'd like to leave is 
what a being a woman in this world can look like and that it that it can be you can be sexy you can be powerful you can be down to earth you can be um in your body you can be playful you can be serious you can be smart you can be sassy um yeah that like you can be all that you are and you can embrace all of your emotions you know and i, I just I love sharing with my son when I see my little seven-year-old granddaughter, you know, being like crying and being like disappointed. I go, yeah, girl, like <laughs> let her be, let her be. She's feeling that. Like let her, let it go through her body and be in her body. That is so beautiful. She's in touch with that. And I guess I want, yeah, I want my legacy to be like, I want to be a model for people really, really, truly embracing all that it means to be a female. Wow, that was beautiful. Pamela, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. You are enough. Wow, that's it. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you and your social media platforms. Oh, thank you so much. I love connecting with people. Um, yeah, we, we learn so much from each other and it's, it's, um, in fact, one of the things about the happiness advantage, the book, the happiness advantage, the one that he went on to write after that was the importance of connection. So I just recently came off of that and I truly do believe it. It's so important. The, you know, the, one of the best ways is, is to reach out through my website, um, wisdom of and my name is Pamela Miles, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Those are my two biggest places, and LinkedIn. Um, I generally, uh, you know, like to have a conversation and connect with people, uh, either you know via phone or any internet platform. Um, so I'm available in those ways. I live in Connecticut, but I also have a practice in Europe and, and in um, Colorado. Oh wow. Now, did you say you have um, a book as well? Oh my gosh, you must be reading my future. <laughs> Thank you so much for seeing that. I have been told that I need to write a book for so many years. You do. And I do. I do need to write a book. I think I need to dictate it. I need some support in this world to write this book because I just keep dreaming about it. I need somebody to help bring it out of me. Thank you so much, Trina. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, now... You need to focus on that. That's your future. Write a, Ooh, I love it. Write a book. <laughs> well, Pamela, thank you for um, sharing your time with us. And um, hopefully we'll stay connected. I intend to, and it would be my great joy. Have a great day. Thank you, Trina. You as well. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their lives? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.